Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We are here for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And there is so much happening in the real estate market right now, so much change and shifting going on. Um, I think you're going to see, um, you know, continued uh, reduction in home sales. If we're comparing it to last year, I think we're going to be back to where, what we were seeing in 17 and 18. Um, still very healthy real estate market though. Yes. We're, not, we're not crashing. Prices are softening. Uh, you know, we're seeing a slowdown in, in construction. Um, but we are seeing more sellers decide to sell. So inventory is creeping up for buyers that have been sitting on the sidelines. But the biggest obstacle for, um, you know, the portion of the audience that is getting a loan and let's talk about that too. What what portion, uh, you know, and and I mean, I have it in my team, but w- you know, what's your guesstimate on the portion of home buyers out there that are paying cash? Yeah, so it was during the pandemic and kind of coming out of it, it seemed to rise quite a bit, and it, it was almost nearing forty percent for a I while that was there yeah. that were coming into cash that that was going into that. Um, and I haven't seen numbers as of recent, but I imagine it probably hasn't changed very. So we're much. in the thirty to forty percent range yeah, for because people. Now with rates cash. going up, right? right. Uh, it, you know, it, it makes people it, it, say, "You know what? Let me use my cash because I the rates are not, you know, um, as advantageous as, as right. advantageous for me. I, I can get a you know seven percent return on my money, guaranteed safe, versus you know putting it in stock market or bonds, and they're not getting sure. those kind of rates. So, so one thing I I want to talk about, um, you know, obviously, so for cash people, you know, th- this isn't as irrelevant. So there's a third or so of the transactions out there that, you know, that that the interest rates aren't as relevant and they're paying cash. But for the people that are buying right now, there's a few little things that I want to touch on for people that could help them out a lot. The first is you guys' three-to-one buy-down that you're doing, which allows people to buy and and have their mortgage rate be lower the first few years and essentially – uh, keep their payment, you know, down lower while they, you know, kind of get momentum and their income increases, or, um, you know, while they escalate and get used to, um, you know, a, a higher house payment, just like they would if they were renting. Because we know, you know, renters Rent right now up. are getting those annual increases. Sure. So, so let's talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So it's a it's a phenomenal program that we've rolled out, and you know, the average mortgage rate went above seven percent this this week for for a thirty year, which is absolutely incredible, higher than than anybody had anticipated. And so we offer many different buy down options, but we offer a three two one buy down. Whereas what it means is in the first year, your interest rate is 3% below whatever the start rate was. So if the rate is 7%, the first year, your rate would only be 4%. Then in the second year, it would be 5%. In the third year, it would be 6%. And then beginning the fourth year and beyond, it would be back to the the original note rate, which was was the 7%. So it saves you literally hundreds of dollars. And the best thing per month, the best thing about the program is that it doesn't cost you anything. And so how does that work, Mike? Well, it's because we can use it. So one of three people can pay for it. A builder can pay for it with a credit. A seller can pay for it or the lender can pay for it. It's getting in there. And now in the market with sellers be more willing to do seller credits, et cetera, et cetera, we're seeing them We utilize that seller credit to buy down the interest rate because that's the number one topic out there right now is, is the interest rates have gone so high, I don't know if we can afford it. Last thing I'll mention about this is, if rates do drop down and you decide to refinance, if they do come back down, any portion of those monies that you didn't use, you don't lose it. 
what we do is we actually use it when you refinance it to pay your principal, make a principal payment on your behalf. So it, it, it's really a phenomenal program, and lots of people are taking advantage of it right now. Yeah, I think that that makes a ton of sense simply because um, the possibility that rates come back down right. and you get to leverage a lower rate for a period of time and then refinance at a, at a later date. I, and again, who knows what's going to happen with rates? Who knows what's going to happen with politics and inflation control and, and all these out, outside factors? So there are plenty of people speculating that uh, you know potential change in the House, Senate, and presidency could you know put a different economic policy in place and lower rates. Uh, again, who really knows? I, I'm not here to talk politics, but I will say that there are people that speculate and believe that. There are also people that speculate that a couple of years, even if we stay the course politically and, and the same party continues to control those uh, chambers, that that a couple of years of of economic policy like we have it now will get inflation back in check so that rates can start to drop back down again. So no matter which way you look at it, there's at least – and again, there's plenty of people that don't think that's going to happen. But there, right. there are some there's some optimistic viewpoints that think that within a couple of years we could be back to maybe not quite two uh, percent mortgage rates. Yeah, I don't think, but I maybe four we'll percent, maybe right, four or sure. five percent mortgage rates. Right. So, so again, uh, the possibility of being able to uh, you know spend the next couple of years with a lower payment than with you know and. and hedge yourself against that with the seller being able to pay it is, is a home run in my opinion. Well, and the things we're telling people to, and we've we've talked on the show about, you know, marry the house and date the rate and everything else. Listen, you only get one chance to buy your house for one for a price, right? And so the reality is if rates do drop back down because the market is still healthy, everybody's going to jump back in and it's going to get really crowded and busy again. And we, we may be on here talking about lines out the door at open houses again. Why not take advantage now when there is sellers are willing to maybe negotiate a little bit more, maybe offer some additional incentives, and you can buy that house for maybe a little bit lower of a price than you can if rates do drop back down and everybody jumps back into the marketplace. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and and I think another thing that I'm noticing in the marketplace, again, this is kind of a throwback to you know earlier years of my real estate career. This is uh, 18th year for me. So uh, I've been through the ups and the downs and the creative uh, you know, the creative stances in real estate and short sales and foreclosures. And and look, some of that's coming back. Now, look, are we going to see the number of short sales and foreclosures we saw back in, you know, back 13 years ago? No, we're not. It, lending standards were too strong. Um, there's too much cash out there and there's still just too little inventory. I right. mean, you got to have an inventory surplus. Uh, could it happen? Maybe. Um, but but we're talking oh, oh, years down the line. Real estate market moves too slow. But what I can say is that that uh, we are seeing short sales and foreclosures again, but here and there, not a lot of them. We've got a local credit union that, that has a few REOs coming to us. We've got a couple of short sales that are coming onto the market. So you are starting to see it. Where you're really seeing it is the people that bought um, a year ago. Uh, lost their job, have to move, right. that kind of stuff. Bought it, but bought maybe at peak. People that bought two and three and four years ago uh, are, are still in pretty good positions. But there, there is a segment of the population that's going to get hit and have a financial crunch while things are stabilizing. Where in in some instances they were banking on continued appreciation, and now that isn't happening, and they're going to have to move. So again, few and far between. But we're seeing creative deals. And here's what I mean. We talk about uh, assumable mortgages. 
There are not a lot of them out there, but there are VA loans out there that are assumable that people bought at 3%, you know, interest rates. Yes. And so again, in these rare circumstances, I think it's going to be crucial for both buyer agents and seller agents to find out uh, is the property owned by a VA, you know, is a VA loan on the property? Is that loan assumable? What's the rate? Because it could be a huge potential savings and value position for the seller too. A uh, huge savings for the buyer and the seller can hold the line on value if they're passing on a, a mortgage at such a low rate. Again, the property is likely appreciated. So the person assuming that VA mortgage will have to make up the difference in cash, you know, you know, likely. So again, few and far between, but there could be some creative deals out there where you could buy, um, you know, a property that has an assumable VA mortgage on it. Now, again, we talked about this too. The caveat to that is the soldier now has reduced his entitlement Correct. because that will stay on his entitlement until it's until, until it's that paid loan comes off. to maturity or is paid off, right? But it does if you are in that situation and you and and you're a seller, it certainly gives you, especially with the such the rapid rise in interest rates, it gives you um, a lot more selling power, for lack of better words, because your house becomes that much more valuable if it does get tied with a three and a half percent interest rate or four percent interest rate or whatever you may have on that um, compared to you know the going rates now again you know hit over seven percent this week. I can't even believe that comes out of my mouth, but um, you know, it's the reality of what, what's here today. So that is, yeah, they are few and far between, but it is an opportunity if you are a VA, you know, seller. And if you're a buyer out there looking, knowing what you're looking at, maybe that's an option to be able to do it. And you're right. People are getting more creative with deals. agents. Agents need to ask those questions. Yeah. You need to find out what kind of mortgage is on the property. Is it a VA loan? And then it's assumable. And then it could be a huge win for both the buyer and the seller. Again, is it going to happen a lot? No, but it's possible because we do have a lot of VA uh, here. And there's certainly, again, uh, the person with the VA loan, maybe they can qualify for a regular conventional loan and they have enough to put a 5% down payment on their next house and they don't right. need the allocation because they can make extra money, yes. ensure their home is sold, and make extra money on their sale. So again, the soldier would lose the entitlement portion, uh, you know, the entitlement, um, so they could only qualify for a lesser VA home or no VA home at all. Um, you know, there, there is the possibility you can have more than one VA loan, but it Correct. depends on numbers and yep. things, but, uh, they may have the ability to go conventional and give up their entitlement if it makes financial sense for them. And if they have the down payment, so, Absolutely. you know, probably maybe a more likely a little higher up on the VA, uh, chart, you know, officers, things like that. Sure. Um, you know, the entry level, uh, soldier may not be able to pull those things off, but but there are plenty of officers out there that probably got VA loans with really low interest rates, but had the cash, and now they can give up their entitlement, go out and qualify for five percent, you know, or for a conventional you know mortgage, you know. So again, few and far between, but it is a creative thing that that we need to look for as agents, buyers, and sellers right now. In the space, because we do have a lot of VA here. We have a lot of VA transactions with McDill Air Force Base here, with uh, us being a retirement community. There are a lot of VA uh, transactions. Um, So, again, definitely something to pay attention to. So, again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on uh, WFLA News. When we aren't on air, make sure to, um, you know, follow us at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat. The real estate market is a changing but we aren't going anywhere. I'm I'm blessed to have a business that will will uh, very likely grow um, in in some of these challenging times simply because our advertising footprint, our reputation, 
and um, experience. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I've got agents that have, I've been through it, so I kind of know how to steer the company the right direction. But I got a lot of agents that have, you know, kind of grown up through and been through some of the challenging times of uh, back then. And and I think that that's crucial right now. There are a lot of home sellers and buyers getting bad advice because the real estate agents only know enough market. They don't know how to handle this stuff. And you know, we're getting record number of calls of people whose homes haven't sold. Uh, we're getting people that are calling us while their house is on the market and it hasn't sold and they're upset. We got to steer through that very carefully because again, when a home is listed with another agent, uh, there's certain things we can and can't do. So um, again, we, we take the calls, we do our best to help the people. Sometimes it's telling them to go right back to their agent. Sometimes the, the client wants to get out of the agreement with their agent. Um, every situation is different depending on what's in that contract between the seller and the uh, listing brokerage. But nonetheless, we're seeing more of it. We're seeing those agents not being prepared to handle, and they're looking at comps instead of actives. They're not looking at pendings. They're not paying attention to the shift in the market, and they're saying, oh, well, this house sold eight months ago. We're fine. We've got a good comp. Uh, And in a hot market, that's the way it goes. When it shifts, uh, it it doesn't go that way. So we're going to continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Home buying rules you've heard lately and should actually break. So again, when the market changes, it takes a little while for uh, people to realize it. To catch on, right? Yeah, to catch on. And same thing with real estate agents, especially real estate agents that haven't been through a changing market and they're just used to an up market. So they just keep thinking, oh, we're going to keep following the rule book for what to do with our clients because it's a hot market. Well, that has changed. And unfortunately, there are still real estate agents following the old rule book. Things have changed. Times have changed. It is time to shift. So some rules that you can and should break. The first rule we're gonna talk about, if you love a house, you have to make an offer immediately. Um, not true today. Now, what I would would say is that it's not always true. There are still neighborhoods yes. where we're seeing homes sell fast and get bidding wars. Is it the norm? No. Are we seeing homes last longer? Are we seeing people have the ability to sleep on it uh, more often? Yes. Are there times where if you don't make an offer immediately, you lose it? Yeah, but not nearly what it was, you know, a few months back. The old the, the saying in a hot market is, um, if you want to sleep on it, you're not going to sleep in it. Right. Yeah. Um, in a in a uh, in a slower market, that saying isn't the same anymore. So, um, you know, if your agent is pressing you with that uh, information, it could be that that home is in one of those neighborhoods that's just still super hot. Um, but it also could be that that agent hasn't uh, updated their guidebook for uh, for a new market and they're following the old uh, checklist. So uh, that has changed. Prepare to pay way over asking price. Um, again, same thing. Much, much less common today than yes. it was a few months back. Does it still happen? Yes. Is it much more rare? Yes. It just isn't the same uh, as as it was. So we are seeing it. But we're certainly not seeing it at the level uh, that we were a while ago. So, uh, you know, a plan to pay way over asking price uh, just isn't logical with the rare exception of a, of a uh, specific neighborhood and, and maybe even an underpriced home. Because uh, we are starting to see that. We're starting to see some agents get smart and say, like, okay, look, we're, we're going to underprice Right, let's thing. go low, yeah. yep. Um. Waiving contingencies is worth the risk to get the house. Again, same thing. You're not going to have to waive the contingencies right. as often today as you did 
back six months ago. You're, you're going to have an inspection and appraisal, strong, high likelihood that you'll have those contingencies in there, that you'll be able to have the property appraised, you'll be able to have it inspected, you'll be able to close on your timeline. Um, those things are not happening. Don't dare ask a seller for concessions. We just talked about we this just in the last segment. Yeah. Sellers are going to pay the three, two, one buy down yeah, in a lot of right. situations. Yes, okay? They're, they're going to want to get the deal done. If that's go- holding the deal up from happening uh, and they can pay that as a closing cost concession, um, you know, it's it's going uh, to happen. Uh, you'll need 20% down on a conventional loan. Um, that is, uh, you know, just not the case. Right. It's you know. It's been a myth. It's been a myth in all markets, and I don't know why it continues to be one. But you can buy, a, a, you know, as a first-time home buyer, um, as little as 3% or 5% down um, in, in, in most scenarios. If you're a VA or a USDA loan, um, rural um, financing, you can get 100% financing. You do not need 20% uh, down to buy a home. And so that's uh, they need to take that one and just bury that forever. Um, it's, it's just not something that is out there. Yeah. So again, those are uh, a few of the rules of, of home buying that have changed. And, and you know, what's interesting is I think, you know, I, I kind of think back about, you know, just over the years, all the changes in the market. And here's one that I think uh, needs to go away. The home buyers and home sellers uh, in a hot market expected to be able to ask for a discount. They wanted to because it was going to be easy. Sure, they could put the house on the market themselves, or um, the home. They would want money from the home buyer because you know it was easy and everyone could get them a house, and and the market was easy, and there were plenty of order taker discount takers out there. Uh, that's gone. Yeah, you're going to get the professionals now back in the business. Those order takers are going to leave the industry. And if you're a home seller or a home buyer in a shifting market, um, I'm just going to tell you, um, you get what you pay for. And and if if you're out there hunting for the person that's going to give you a discount, you're hunting for the agent that doesn't have anything else to add to the value proposition. And you're likely going to lose more money than you realize by comparing all agents and calling us a commodity and thinking we're all the same. Right. That we all have the same experience at negotiation, that we all have the same resources. So uh, the discount giving uh, is is likely going to uh, change. Uh, and and I would tell you if you're selling your home and the agent's value proposition is, oh, we'll discount the commission to get your listing, ask yourself, is this really the person you want negotiating the sale, the most expensive thing you're going to sell? They can't even negotiate their own fee. How, how can you trust that they're going to protect your equity? Uh, and same thing on the buy side. If they can't help you get a good deal, uh, you know, then then they're not, then why are you hiring them? You know, so- Again, I think there are a lot of agents that have hung their hat the last few years on giving people discounts, and that is going that is drastically changing. Um, that that is going to go away because people consumer sentiment is going to change. Instead of looking for their uncle's brother's cousin's friend that will give them the cheapest deal, they're going to start looking for the best. Yep. Because the best is what's going to get them in a house, or it's going to get their house sold, uh, like like us, guaranteed. You know, right. I mean, you're yeah, going to sure. get sold guaranteed, or you can call somebody down the street. You know, I had somebody the other day say, oh, well, you know, I didn't want to hire you guys because, you know, I had a friend that did it for, you know, lower percentage. And I looked at it. I was like, well, did your friend sell the house? No, we're actually going to, you know, we're looking, you know, that's why we're calling you guys. We're going to put it back on the market. I was like, so you you say your friend, you know, charged you less. Well, yeah, they did. I was like, actually, no, they didn't. They didn't sell your house. They didn't charge you anything. Right. Like, you know, zero of zero, zero. Right. You know? so, yeah. so, again, uh, be wary of that in a, in a shifting market. So we're going to continue this conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And look, it's no secret 
that a lot of the home sales in Tampa Bay uh, the last few years have been new construction. We had a lack of inventory, and you know it seemed like the only place we were getting inventory was new home builders building new 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 inventory. That isn't the case now. We're starting to see more retails come in the market with more sellers wanting to take their gain um, in a shifting market, and 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 also not just take their gain, but have more. They're putting their home on the market because now they don't have the fear of their home not selling or not the fear. They don't have the fear of them not being able to find a house. So now they feel more comfortable putting their house on the market so they can find something to buy. Uh, that's a lot of the cash crowd. Yes. You know, that that third to 40 percent of people that didn't want to jump in because, you know, all the craziness. Now the interest rate has changed, shifted things. So the cash buyers are now saying, you know, what, let's sell our house and buy another. So. New construction. Do you need a realtor for new construction? Here's what I'm going to tell you, okay? Um, Now more than ever, you need a realtor for new construction because here's what's happening. The market is compressing a little. Things are softening. And you know what ends up happening? Builders cut corners. They they cut corners and an agent with with the right team behind them and a a great inspector making sure to recommend and follow the steps. And, and, And here's the other thing. The builders, again, builders cut corners when a market shifts because they've got to find ways to keep their margins. They've got to find sure. ways to you know, still get homes sold and, and still make deals happen. The realtor is going to negotiate, advocate for you. Okay, The builder's agent, I mean, look, they may be a really good salesperson and, and serve you some good coffee and make you feel like you're special and that they really have your back, but they are employed by the builder. They care about the builder's best interest. They're going to do everything they can to keep their job because some of them are going to lose their job. Um, you know, builders are going to lay off salespeople just like real estate companies are laying off people. They want to keep their job. So they're going to do as much as they can to pad the bottom line for their for their employer as Absolutely. they can. More so now than ever. So if you go into a situation directly with the builder's agent, you're you're going to lose. You know, you're going to lose in a lot of situations. Whether it's you're going to lose upgrade, you're going to you're you need somebody to advocate for you to keep everything in line. Um, and and I, and I'm a firm believer that the builder's agent has the builder's best interest in mind. The other thing that um, that the agent has the access to is to look at comparables that that builder or builder's agent doesn't right, want to show. Yeah, you, yes. you know, they don't want to show you what they sold or what's under contract at a price. The, the agent has the ability to pull data and information that you may not be able to see and to make phone calls to those agents with deals under contract to find out what's trending from that builder so that you don't get hosed by the builder trying to, you know, again, make up their losses on your deal. You know, because they're getting, you know, hammered by, uh, you know, another real estate agent getting a better deal for a client. This that real estate agent can help make sure you have the same opportunity to uh, to get that so they can negotiate extras. They can also help with financing. Look, it's no secret that the builder wants you to use their mortgage company. Right. Um, It isn't always the best. Correct. Um, You know, so there are opportunities for that agent like with us. We're obviously going to recommend you guys. It's a great opportunity then to make sure the the buyer is getting the best financing deal. The builder is not going to want to have you get second opinions, right? You know, um, overseeing the home inspection, like I mentioned, that that's a big part of it. Understanding and knowing what needs to be done, experience yields um, the knowledge of 
you know, the steps in the process that the builder has to make sure that that are done. And and it's just someone to be an advocate for you. I always, you know, again, there are people out that are okay with confrontation. They're okay calling the builder and saying, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? But one of the benefits of a real estate agent is that they can do that for you. They can call up the builder. They can be the bad guy to tell the builder that they didn't do something or something needs to get done. Um, that, that level of um, representation can help the client still feel like they can have a good relationship with the builder after the fact and let the realtor kind of be the good, you know, the bad cop, so to speak. And you know, you have somebody on your side, right? If, you, if you're going with the builder's agent, they, you know, yes, they have to, they have some responsibility to, to provide it with you, but their, their allegiance is always going to be to their builder. They're trying to sell the homes and everything else. So having someone kind of independent to represent you, give you your best shot. And, and you don't want anything sort of skewed with that. And, and just a point, I know we talk about it a lot, but yes, even on a new build, you do need to get a home inspection for all the reasons that you mentioned, right? Some of the people cutting corners and everything else like that. So some people still out there don't think they need a home inspection because it's a brand new build. Yeah, no doubt about it. So what is a FISBO? I'll tell you what it is. It's a mistake. <laughs> That's what it is. All right. In today's market, it's a mistake. Yes. Yeah, you probably could have pulled it off six months or a year ago. But in today's market, man, you just need more eyes on your listing than ever. But um, there are sellers that decide to try and do FISBO. So I want to give sellers that are doing FISBO um, a few tips here. And for the people out there that maybe don't know what FISBO means, it's for, for sale, sale by, by owner. owner. Yeah. yeah, so just in so, case. So for sale by owner. Um, here, here's why it's a mistake. Okay. First off, there's a lot of crazies out there. I feel like every day on social media, I see somebody get attacked at an open house or a home showing. Okay. You don't have the ability to screen that as easily as, as an agent does. Number two, you think that, oh, I can give this a shot myself. I'm going to put it on Zillow. I'm going to put it on these websites. And when it doesn't work out on those websites, it shows that your home was listed. You lose right. negotiating leverage. You lose newness of market. Now people think something's wrong with your house when all that's wrong was you're not a very good salesperson. Okay. <laughs> now, are there great salespeople out there that can sell their house themselves? Yes. Most of the time, what I find is that they have no sales training. They don't know what they're doing. They walk through the house with their dog leg humping you. They follow you into every room like a creeper. You feel completely uncomfortable. It's not the proper setting to sell a house, and they don't know any better, and it's their space, so they're going to sabotage their own sale. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had amazing houses listed for sale by owner, and the the seller follows the people around like they're a, a police officer on surveillance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, can you like let me sit in here and enjoy the kitchen without like right. feeling like I'm going to get attacked? Like, please go away, you know, but, but sellers don't know any better. They don't have the training. The other thing is the exposure. Okay. When you're in a shifting market and the reason that, that a lot of people do this is because they think, oh, if I do it myself, I'm going to uh, save the commission. The reality is, many organizations have tracked this over time and for sell by owners sell for a greater percentage, less than market value than the fee. Right. Okay. So real estate agents are making you more money. You're, you're, you're viewing it wrong. You're, you're, you're not looking at, you know, you're not looking at a, you get what you pay for. You're looking at it from a standpoint of thinking it's a commoditized cost and you can save the fee when in reality you can't because you don't have the training. You don't, you don't have the ability and you're spending so much time, energy and effort trying to, trying to go through all this. So, um, again, I think it, it could have been successful six months ago. Today, 
you're losing so many exposure points that those real estate agents offer. The extra exposure that that agent gets on websites that they pay for, the Realtor.com advanced program that we use, or the Zillow Premier Agent sure. program that we use, where we're getting more eyes on our listings that you can't get on your own. They give that to us because we buy it from them, you know, or or trade groups buy it from them, or real estate franchises buy it from them. So for sale by owners, lose out on that exposure piece at a really high level. The other thing is the negotiation experience. Yeah, a, a lot of when you hire a real estate agent is that is is the stuff that goes on. Okay, and, and here's what I want to tell you. Okay, this is really important if you're for sale by owner or if you're someone thinking about hiring an agent. Okay, all the things on the surface. The things that the person talks about doing, all the marketing things, all the things that you can see are great. They add value. They're trackable. You can track page views. You can track all of these things. But let me tell you where the real money is made when you hire a, a, an agent to sell your house. It's the conversations that happen that you're not privy to. Sure. Okay? It is the negotiation experience. It's the competitive nature of that agent. It's the stuff they say to the other side that you have no idea what they're saying. Right. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I've personally been about to offer on a house. And I'm talking to the agent. And that agent literally completely undermines their client from a negotiation perspective and tells me things they should have never told me. But, but hugely helped me get a better deal. That is what's happening if you don't hire a great experienced agent with a great track record. That agent is making mistakes. The, you know, the, that agent is uh, hurting your equity position, and that agent isn't a great negotiator. And unfortunately, when the market is hot, there were a lot of agents that would, you know, that would say, hey, I'll sell for you and I'll do it cheaper. But I promise you, cheaper is not better. Right. You do get what you pay for it. But it's the things that happen behind the scenes that preserve your equity. The the you know the questions about oh where are they going after this that's not relevant like you, you, great agents know how to answer that question without giving away any information or what do they owe on the house completely irrelevant doesn't sure. matter what right. they bought it for what they owe on it doesn't matter so great agents know how to answer that question I, inferior agents answer that question the wrong way or if an agent can't negotiate their own fee how do you really trust that they're they're the best person to negotiate the fee of the sale of your home you again it's probably why you drive the car that you drive or wear the brand of shoes that you wear you might pay a premium for those things simply because you understand that there's a value proposition associated when you only buy on price your value is diminished correct right? yep you know you you miss out so much on um you know the bottom line you know, the bottom line of getting more, putting more money in your pocket. So I always ask people, what's more important to you? The fee that you pay or the money that you get to bring home to your family? Because they're not the same thing. People, unfortunately, have translated over time that all real estate agents are the same. So that fee that I pay is going out the window and I'm going to have the same results no matter who I hire. And that is just nothing could be further from the truth. So Think of it more as a how much money can that person use with their network, their marketing, their skills, their negotiations to put more net money in your pocket. And the same thing goes with I mean, I always I, I relate it to like a lawyer or look, no one likes a lawyer until they need a good one. Right. right? Yeah. OK. And um, <laughs> and 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 like, you know, a brain surgeon. OK. Are you going to go to the best brain surgeon? Are you going to go to the guy that dabbles in it, just started, does one every once in a while, is willing to give you a break on the cost? Right, yes. I mean, this is financial brain surgery. Are you going to go to the guy that's going to give you the break? It's a great example. Or are you example. going to go to the best one? Yeah. You know? and, and I've seen people lose a lot of money 
and probably need brain surgery afterwards <laughs> when they hire the wrong agent because nothing's more expensive than hiring the wrong real estate agent. It, yeah. it really is. And and so far too often we now are met with people that are coming to us after they hired the wrong agent. They didn't call a pro. They didn't call people great reviews. They didn't call people that sell a lot of houses that are at, that, that can afford to advertise. Okay, there's right. a reason we can afford to advertise because we're great at what we do. You know, so regardless. I would tell people right now, be much more cautious about hiring the wrong real estate agent um, because it's a it's a very costly mistake. So we're going to be back. We're going to continue our conversation. We're going to wrap up with our uh, last segment here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show after a quick break here on WFLA News. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show and uh, talking about the local real estate market. Look, it's, it's haunted house season, you know. Everybody's going to go to Halloween Scream, Halloween Horror Nights. I, I can't wait. I love that stuff. I yeah. love going to all of those. Decorations um, are out in full force. Yeah, I'm not a huge Halloween decoration person. Either am I. I'm a big Christmas decoration yes. person. So I just, I save that energy. And uh, November 1, Christmas decoration begins for me. Like I'm I'm on the Christmas decorations. I'm not on top of the, um, you know, the Halloween stuff. In fact, I have stuff I have to do at my house to prepare for Christmas? Uh, for, for Christmas decorations right. that I've already already begun. Um, but anyway, since it is the uh, the season of Halloween, do you have to disclose a death in a house? Um, it's interesting because um, people always want to know that. They, they, you know, superstition or their religious beliefs or whatever it is. But um, the real estate laws in Florida require that you disclose material defects. And um, it's been pursued. There have been people that said that you think they think you should have to disclose it. But according to Florida law, you do not have to disclose the death in the house. Right. Okay. Not considered a material defect. It's not defect. considered a material defect. Um, so there are ways you can find it out there. There are websites. Um, I, I, you know, I'm trying to remember the one website that I saw. The easiest way to uh, determine whether or not that, oh, here it is, diedinhouse.com. Wow. Dietonhouse.com is a site that searches through millions of records to determine whether a death has occurred in the address you enter. So again, diedinhouse.com will tell you if someone has died there. Now, the other thing about that, Google the address. Okay, Google the address if you're going to buy a property because there are sometimes things happen with properties where someone didn't die, but it may deter you from wanting to buy it. Um, if if a crime happened at a property, if there was something right. crazy that happened. Yes. So I'll give you an example of this, okay? A few years ago, I owned a rental property. And I'm not going to give out the address, okay? <laughs> but I owned a rental property in Tampa that I had bought and owned for many years, and I sold it. And uh, prior to selling it, a dead body was discovered in the backyard. Wow. Yeah. So had nothing to do with the current owners, um, but it was someone that was uh, murdered and dumped. And cameras and footage showed that this truck pulled up and literally just threw a body in the backyard of this house. Okay? Yeah, crazy story. Wow. Anyway, uh, sold the house. That was not something I had to disclose. Okay? However, the home buyers did find it. Ask questions about it. I was able to tell them the information that I knew. I, I I chose to tell them the information I knew, but I wasn't obligated. You know that is something that uh, is not considered a material defect. And and so again, uh, it's it's interesting 
but there are people that feel like you should have to disclose that because they get the you know the you know the the fear of oh sure. my god someone died there now if the house caused someone's death that's a whole yeah other that's scenario. a that could be a material but if defect. someone simply happened to die in a property it's not considered a material defect so this Halloween season it's something that um, that again people uh, people are always curious about they're always asking questions about um, same thing with haunted. Is a house haunted? Right. First off, who's the professional? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the professional trained to There's determine? There's some TV shows that probably right. would say <laughs> exactly. But how can you factually yes. determine that? And and who is the professional that's able to dictate? What I can personally say, I have sold houses that I believe because you can't support it factually. Right. You don't have documents and no. say, oh, here's a stamp from the city of Tampa. <laughs> this is a haunted house, you know. But I have sold homes that I believed were haunted. I've lived in properties that I believed had spirits and hauntings like yes so so i am a believer in that stuff um but it's not something that the seller or the agent uh is obligated to disclose there are times when they may um where they may feel a need to but there are um certainly uh no requirements uh but there are ways you can find it again didenhouse.com you can google the address um, and then just your own uh, experience in the property, your own comfort level, what you feel like, what what you feel like your experience, what you feel like happening there. So, um, you ever lived in a haunted house? I, you know, so it's funny you said no, I, but but I'm kind of on the other side of the fence of you is that I I'm you not don't as believe into you're not a believer. as much or believe. So here's the thing: like but my I, wife I, is, is she's said we've lived in haunted houses. So I gotcha. We've lived I, in haunted was, houses. There you go. I was not <laughs> a believer in it uh, until I lived in a house in Tampa that. We had so many unexplainable things happen that I just couldn't – that I didn't believe there was another logical, factual explanation. Okay. So to me, I, I – yeah. in fact, one time, <laughs> one time this uh, – we called the police from the city of Tampa to come out to said property because we thought someone was – we were convinced someone was in the house. Um, and city of Tampa police department came out and there was nothing there. <laughs> So, so that's how confident I am that, that I lived in a haunted house. So anyway, we hope you enjoy your haunted house seasons and, you know, we'll talk more next week, maybe about more scary home stories. So anyway, we hope you have an awesome rest of your weekend and, uh, thanks for tuning in.